0: Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changes podcast episode, where today I'm joined by a returning guest from Colorado in the United, United, United States of America, Andrew Lenzo. Andrew, a very warm welcome to you again, sir. Hey,
1: Paul, it's great to be back.
0: And listeners, what we're going to talk about is, we, we, you know, I've ran this theme before and it works really well, getting to know you. And the, uh, the reasoning behind that, listeners, is how many times have you stood at her a, in a queue with a, with a stranger and all of a sudden, you know, because you might even, because you're bored. And that's certainly not the case here with Andrew. But, you know, if you're bored, you, you strike up a bit of a conversation. And, you know, you might leave that conversation. This has happened to me many times after, I don't know, five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever. And you think, wow. Oh, I really got to know that person and you'll probably never even see them again, but that energy that you've transferred, you know, that conversation, that mutual, whatever it is. So Andrew and I, um, as you know, have done a a couple of episodes previously around, Do I say, more business stuff, podcasting and, you know, the marketing element thereof. So we just thought, you know what, let's take the, the metaphoric gloves off and let's just have a, an energetic dance around getting to know you. So really, Andrew, it's, I don't know, where do we start with this? Where do you want to start?
1: That's a great question. I believe it's good just to kind of jump into where we're from and, you know, why why we do what we do.
0: Mm. Okay, so a little bit about yourself then, obviously, um, as you, you know, can tell, listeners, by Andrew's accent is uh, he's, he's in America. That doesn't ne- necessarily presume that you're American, though, does it, Andrew? There's a reason I've asked that question. I mean, maybe you are, maybe you're not. That's, that's maybe a good story. <laughs> story. i tell you what, listeners, I'm stuttering my words today. A good story.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's a good presumption because I definitely am. I was born in... Uh, Born in Michigan. So I the near the border of Canada, uh, northern United States. Uh, lived over here my entire life. I uh, went to school over here. And I've been in Colorado now for two years. So it's a fairly new venture for me, but felt like it was time to try something new in life.
0: Mm. Well, that raises a point, Andrew, that kind of deliberate uh, start from me there what raises a point doesn't it isn't it true listeners as human beings we presume so much you know Andrew's come on here he's got an American accent so he was born and bred in America he's he's American which you know in this in this context yes is the truth but you know it didn't <laughs> yep. necessarily follow did it
1: yep in this context um, the presumption definitely is true I' mm. um, very much how I look. <laughs> uh, you can pretty much guess where I come from. The yeah. flannel shirts, the, the very, uh, the very uh, scruffy beard, all that good stuff.
0: Mm. <laughs> and I suppose what that early introduction does, Andrew, it brings in the question of judgments, doesn't it? I've heard a guy with an American accent, so he was born and he's a born and bred American. And, and there's that snap judgment, which, is I say, could or might not be true. And that's a nice, um, I like to reinforce this one or bring it onto the table, listeners, around the difference between opinions and judgments. Any thoughts around that, Andrew? Opinions versus judgments.
1: You know, I really think that you shouldn't, you shouldn't judge somebody just based on, you know, what they look like or where you think they come from. I think you really have to get to know a person, especially in today's day and age, where it's so easy to travel and to really be your authentic self. Um, I think it's just such a, such a stupid thing to do, to have so many like preconceptions ahead of meeting somebody.
0: Yeah. But isn't you know it one thing though? we
1: talk about as uh, one thing as I interrupt you one thing that we talk about as uh, podcasters is the importance of listening. Yeah. and letting you know and just letting the fellow person across from you talk
0: mm. yeah but isn't it true generally and you know we shouldn't generalize yet again but as human beings we tend to make those snap judgments don't we um And 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 I've come to understand that over the years that that's more based around our own fear. You know, we want to put some, we want to pigeonhole somebody. That's about us feeling, you know, gaining that security and that control back our own lives, Andrew, isn't it? You know, oh, Andrew's an American. I will have an opinion about Americans. All Americans are X, Y, Z, A, B and C. And we do make those snap judgments, don't we, as humans? Generally, unless we're aware and we catch them
1: absolutely and you know a lot of it just comes from the culture that we're brought up in you know a lot of it is just the family that we're around when we're growing up but Mm. um, I feel like as you as you get older it's in the more you put yourself out there the easier it is to uh kind of forget about those judgments
0: Mm. let me ask you Andrew a bit of an abstract question maybe it's not not for me to judge um What's your favorite
1: color? Oh, that's a tough question. I really like warm colors, so I like the yellows and reds. Um, Specifically, like you think of a 50s American diner, I love that really bright red color.
0: Mm. Okay. So the reason I ask that, as well as obviously getting to know you, is is this. So, listeners, Andrew's stated there, you know, one of his favorite colors is red. Now, that's an opinion. If I say my favorite color is turquoise, that's an opinion. If I then take that a stage further and say, Andrew, turquoise is a better color than red, that then becomes a judgment.
1: And I think we pull out the boxing gloves. Pardon? Then we pull out the boxing gloves and we go at it.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. We (laughs) will. You know, that's subjectivity, yeah. And and that's what happens, isn't it? Rather than, well, actually, you know, me, for example, saying, well, not saying, you're just thinking, well, I actually, to myself, I don't really like red. I mean, I do, as it turns out. I don't really like red. I'm going to challenge Andrew on that. How dare he like red? Andrew, turquoise is a better colour than red. And as you say, it's like, well, hang on. I don't think so. Well, I do. And so the dog starts to chase its tail round and round and round and round. And, um, but that's how easy things happen, isn't it? And I think unless we've got that awareness of simple things like the difference between opinions and judgments, we can very easily get ourselves in, um, you know, I speak from experience. I've got myself in a lot of deep water, certainly in my younger days where I was right. But that was based around my own vulnerability and insecurity as a result of my upbringing and i wanted to get that control back that power back so i had to force my judgement on people to think, you know to get that reassurance of thinking and feeling i was right and you was wrong very divisive but that's um, you know that's something that's that's prevalent throughout our world andrew is it not
1: that is such a great analogy because another thing there is a lot of benefits that come from bread and come from turquoise like, in their own right. Mm. But if you push one on somebody, then you lose that entire that entire thought process that could benefit, you know, whatever you're trying to accomplish in your life. I mean, whether it has to do with, like, political viewpoints or, like you said, opinions on colors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know,
0: people might say, well, do you know what? Does it really matter about colours? But you know, experience has taught me you'd be surprised. Maybe you wouldn't be surprised, listeners. I shouldn't judge. Who am I to judge whether you'd be surprised or not that how excited and defensive we can get as humans around such seemingly inconsequential things, irrelevant things like colours? You know, favourite TV shows, a classic one here over in the UK. Uh, Andrew, and I think generally worldwide, I can't comment so much, obviously, about the American culture, about what you guys call soccer. I mean, I've seen mm-hmm. so over the years and decades, I've some, seen some real, real heated tribal exchanges. And I mean, violent over a game, seemingly over a game of football.
1: Yeah. Over entertainment, you know, over something that you go, to watch entertainment to just escape from your day-to-day and yet we still find way to bring in discourse to that event yeah. we have it with our you know football matches or like football overseas uh hockey here too like you find an allegiance to something and you stick with your group and even if it's even if it makes no sense to have some sort of discourse it's uh it's very easy to get caught into that.
0: Yeah, It's more about wanting to belong, though, isn't it? You know, pinning your pinning your badge on a you know a set of team colours. I mean, I've certainly did it in my younger days. Uh, in my younger days, oh, I'm really tongue tied. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's,
1: it's the end of the week when we're recording this, listeners. So we're a bit. <laughs> Yeah, we're dragging a little bit
0: (laughs) trying to get me out of jail here, Andrew, but I was doing it at the beginning of the week when we was recording. (laughs) But uh, uh, maybe it's uh, the fact that Santa's um, imminent. I don't know. I don't know. For those that uh, believe in Santa. Um, But yeah, there's certainly this whole identity thing around we need um, to pin our colors. We need to feel part of something. You know, I've used the word tribal. We need to feel that we belong. And we'll defend that, won't we? You know, whether our team play in red, blue or, or pink or whatever. It's kind of irrelevant. You know, that's my team and I need something to believe in. And it's in many respects, it's almost territorial as well.
1: Right. And I think everybody is just looking for some sort of culture to identify with mm. or that just that feeling of not being alone. Yeah, especially in the United States, we have have people from all over here. And a lot of the times there are even Facebook groups. um, When you go to college or you go to university, there's a lot of like different groups for, you know, cultures that you identify with in that realm, in that respect, just to help each other grow um, as people.
0: Is it too simplistic, Andrew, to suggest or I'm actually going to own this statement. So I am going to suggest it, but I'm going to galvanize that and offer it as a statement and say that the answers do not lie outside. We look externally for our solutions. They're not to be found there. Is it a bit too deep to say they're to be found or a bit too philosophical almost to say they are only found within? Any thoughts around that?
1: I definitely agree, but I think it takes it takes you challenging that opinion to bring it out. Mm-hmm. I believe the most the most solid formed opinions come from people who challenge their own beliefs and challenge their own opinion. Because the more you challenge it, the more that you're going to rethink you know your psyche or you know what you believe in. But the only way to do that is opening yourself up to criticism and listening to others' opinions that challenge yours.
0: Yeah.
1: And a lot of people like to surround themselves with like-minded people and you know, like-minded thoughts um, and not challenge those beliefs. So I believe if you really want to push yourself and you know, have that strong psyche and find whatever's within you, you really have to challenge yourself and be open to that criticism. Mm-hmm
0: i suppose there's two avenues then of going on that journey of self-discovery one as if that we're in real real pain because as humans we'll do almost anything to avoid pain um that's one of them i'll change because i've just lost my relationship i'll change that kind of thing i've heard that a million times or maybe somebody challenges with, you know, through conversations like this, what if, have you ever thought about X, Y, and Z? You know, maybe that thought-provoking thing is enough to, you know, to set somebody off on a different path uh, of self-inquiry, you know, one where there's more personal freedom. Any thoughts on that, Andrew, about, you know, which is the greater? Does there need to be a greater?
1: Right. I mean, I don't blame anybody who doesn't take the time to sit back and think about this, right? Because a lot of us are just trying to get by. You know, we're working working so many hours during the week just to, you know, put food on the table and pay for the roof over our heads. So, you know, to really take the time to sit back and think about this is difficult. But I do believe that it, you owe it to yourself to challenge that belief and to Uh, Really figure out who you are as a person. You know, my personal belief: we don't know what happens after this life. So, Mm. obviously, we all have our beliefs and what we think will happen. But for all we know for certain, you might as well. It's worth it to take the time and make the most out of what you have in front of you. Mm. Does that answer your question? Okay. I know I went on a bit of a tangent. So.
0: No, no, absolutely. Because there. (laughs) I apologize for that. No, not at all, Andrew. There is no right or wrong in in any of these uh, insights or shares, is there? There's just, you know, um, different different thoughts, different beliefs around. As you say, you know, nobody knows for certain what the next stage is, if that's even the right phraseology. What the next stage is, but you know, I can only I can only own my own story. You know, I'm very very much into the stories we tell ourselves in this human form but i also know and in a way that i can't explain and i can't rationalize it and i can't justify it and neither do i want to even try listeners but that's something that burns inside that that inner peace that you know what the french might call that je ne sais quoi i don't know what it is but that place that says there's more there's more and that voyage of self inquiry and, and i hear and i've heard this a thousand thousands of times paul i'm too busy for all that stuff and that's the problem andrew isn't it we're too busy in everyday life to actually look at where you know there's a pot of gold if we could look somewhere a little bit different maybe because if we keep looking in the same place we're going to keep getting the same old, same old, same old. So maybe by going on a little bit of a, you know, doing something a little bit different, looking somewhere a bit different, we might find something a little bit different that serves us better.
1: Right. And, you know, just making the most out of what you have ahead. I feel like the way to be the most productive in your life, especially if you are super busy, is to take that time to sit back and reflect. I think personally, when you know, the pandemic happened, a lot of people for the first time in a long time could just sit and think, You know, they weren't, they were at home, they were with their families or if they don't have a family, they were alone. And just being able to sit in that time and reflect on where you are in life and what you want out of life, I think really did good for a lot of people. Through very terrible circumstances. So one thing I always recommend to anyone, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you feel like you're starting to get burnt out with your work, take the time, take a few days to, you know, turn. don't go watch TV for a week, you know, turn off your computer, turn off your TV, get a notebook and sit down and really think about where you're at and where you want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that we've discussed off air too is just purpose in life. You know, why do you do the work that you do? Why, what are you accomplishing? Why is it important uh, to the world? What impact will it leave on the world after you're gone? That's, I think, a very important thing to focus on, uh, especially if you're that busy and you're dedicating that much to your work. Yeah.
0: Yeah, purpose. Love that word, purpose. Blimey, do I love that word, Purpose. You know, that reason for being yet again. And why am I here? Well, I'm here as a, as a parent, as a father, as a husband or, or whatever the, you know, the label might be. Um, but there's so much more, isn't there? You know, and maybe that comes with, you know, with experience and wisdom. I don't know. Um, in fact, I'm going to answer my own question. No, it doesn't. Because I speak to young people that are now I think there's a there's a different energy flying through the world, starting to emerge and starting to flow through the world now. Andrew, I don't know if you pick it up, and you sense it, but to quote Bob Dylan, one of your fellow Americans, the winds are changed, they are a blowing. And, and I feel yeah. They are blowing. um, you know, to the point where I can have this kind of thread of conversation with inverted commas, young people, and they sense it to their, you know, they're using regular words like purpose now. Whereas when I was a kid, it's like, well, what's purpose? That was something that was in the, you know, your kind of primary school spelling test. And that was it. You didn't really know what it meant or you didn't need to. But yeah, to quote Dylan, the winds are change are Purpose. Any thoughts, Andrew?
1: I like that phrase. Yeah, personally, I think about it too. Um, in my personal career, like early on and when I was doing a lot of journalistic work, you know, my purpose was very clear. I was trying to share stories of people who had not um, who had not uh, had their stories shared yet. Um, just really looking for the underrepresented and making sure their voices were heard but as I've shifted over the past couple of years into more of a business mindset, you know, a lot of that comes with, you know, trying to get as much money as possible and, you know, growing your business and all that. Um, I've kind of lost track of that a bit. So I think, especially with our conversations here, it's really made me take a step back personally to see, you know, what am I truly accomplishing? You know, what is the purpose of the work that I'm doing? yes, it puts food on the table, but is it going to leave a lasting impact on the world around me and leave the world better than when I came in?
0: And that's ultimately, you know, one of the things, uh, and this is only my own um, account of affairs, doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It makes it my truth, my story, my part of my journey of self-inquiry. But what I've learned um, is, is, is exactly what Andrew's just said. You know, to quote Doctor Stephen Covey, leave his ninth habit, leave the world a better place than it was when you got here, and and that's it. Because when you look at you know, and why shouldn't we enjoy ourselves in between? I'm not you know, I'm not saying being a martyr to the cause, and you know everything's duty, duty, duty. I'm not for one moment suggesting that, and that kind of brings in the question of values, Um, Andrew, doesn't it? You know, and I think we've shared um certainly off here my, my my own five values and i want to invite you in in a moment to share yours if you will but listeners my five values are life everything stops with the precious gift of life and not necessarily human life in whatever form that takes fauna flora human be it whatever it's so so precious a gift everything stems from life and then we're on this voyage of learning Because I think from a very, very early age, we kind of unlove the thing that we're born with, and that's love. We learn how to survive, how to compete, how to, and our ego gets more and more stronger and stronger and takes us away from that almost that pureness that we're born with. I liken it to a blank piece of paper, and then all of a sudden, as 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 the days, weeks, months, and years, we scribble on this. And then it just becomes a a complicated mess of, well, I don't really understand this identity of this drawing anymore. Is that me? Um, So we've got life. We've got learning. But we're learning about what? What we're really learning around is, you know, are we all destined to become PhD students? I don't mean learning necessarily in an academic or even a vocational sense, but learning how to love and particularly self-love. But why? Why are we learning about love at such a personal level? Well, you know, Paul, I love my I love my parents, I love my kids, I love my partner. Great, absolutely. You know, you've got to have that love in within you to be able to give it. But what about the real love of, of self-love? That self-love, which for me, and this is yet again, I own this statement, comes from source. So life learning loving what's the point of all this though you've used the word two or three times andrew legacy we leave the world a better place by imparting this energy this emotion called love and then the fifth one is a little bit abstract and it's called loyalty and what's loyalty got to do with the with the other four to thine own self be true love thyself honor thyself And then you're in a beautiful place and enjoy your life. Any thoughts around any of that mouthful, Andrew?
1: (laughs) Well, I think especially the point of ego, if there's anybody listening who wants to start a podcast, but they don't have an idea, I feel like you could do an entire podcast just on the concept of ego. And because I personally, I feel like it's healthy to have ego, to have a certain amount of an ego you know, to believe in yourself, to have that self-confidence. But it can definitely be a very unhealthy, <laughs> it can be a very unhealthy and selfish thing to have as well in certain, in certain concepts.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's, you know, the, when I hear the word ego, I always, rightly or wrongly, draw a parallel with the word fear. Now, fear is much maligned because it can be, you know, as, as it often does, I classify it as the fear pandemic. It can get out of hand very quickly and it can paralyze us, destroy us. But fear, uh, whether it's fear or whether it's ego, for me, there's a far greater umbrella, and that's having the awareness. What's really playing out here with this fear? Fear's healthy, but I've got it under control. Ego's healthy, but I've got it under control. Because if you have too much of both of them, then sure as eggs are eggs, in my humble opinion, an experience is a recipe for disaster and a very rapid downward spiral. And I do speak from experience there.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I've had, especially when I was first starting out, that was something I really focused on. Because especially when you're put into a leadership role or something, something along those lines, and whether it's in a company or in an organization. Uh, when you're first starting out, you have to show this level of confidence, even if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> if if you're put in charge to lead a group of people, you really have to, you know, make them believe in you and trust you and guide them in the right direction. And that can be a very scary thing for some people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when you look in external factors like other people, you know, does that not reinforce the point that, Andrew, that the only one you can really influence and, and, and take responsibility for is yourself? That Hence my analogy of dropping pebbles in the pond. You know, we are that pebble. Let's be the best pebble we can be. Because by doing that, we have a positive ripple effect when we are dropped into that pond. I think, yet again, it was one of your fellow Americans, Anne Lamott, when she coined the uh, the, the phrase around... Lighthouses don't go looking over seas for ships and boats to save, they just stand there and shine. And I think that's our role, that's part of our role as a human being. In this times when, through ego or fear, our metaphoric light will be dimmed and we won't shine as brightly. And that's okay. That's okay. Because I think it was also Deepak Chopra that said we're spiritual beings having human experiences and challenges. For me. Andrew, it's like as we go on a journey, I liken it to changing gears in a car. Sometimes we'll be full speed ahead on the freeway that, that you know, life's great. We're cruising along, the sun's shining, the, the rooftop's down. And there's be other times when, you know, we're going down a dark country lane in the car and the trees fell across the path and it's raining and it's cold and it's miserable. And, and we even have to put the car, strokers in reverse and go backwards from time to time. So there's this whole richness of, well, what kind of journey we're on? Well, we're on a journey of
1: self-inquiry. Right. And, you know, not every journey has to be planned. You're never going to know when you're going to have to pull the car back, but definitely having some sort of purpose or force to continue driving forward, even if your plan doesn't go the way you expect it, I think is a very a very valuable thing to have
0: Mm. yeah that's why i love the the approach of embracing uncertainty the more we can embrace uncertainty i've come to understand and accept that the greater chances are for our and i use this word loosely success are whatever success means to you listeners You know, try something a little bit different. Like I've said previously, have a look somewhere else for something different. Um, Because by definition, if we always did what we always did, we always got what we always got. Simple as that. I'm going to ask you one big question, Andrew. We've done a couple of previous episodes, as you know. The elevator, some say the dreaded elevator. Oh, no, what's he going to, you know, what's he going to come up with next kind of thing? But before we do that, share with us, please, Andrew, if you will, your contact details.
1: So the best way to find us is uh, 303media.net. That's our website, has all the links to our podcasts, um, our social media pages, uh, my personal social media page, um, all that good stuff.
0: Mm. Super. Thanks, Andrew. So the big, the big one, the big question.
1: Let's do it. I've had plenty of practice.
0: <laughs> legacy, Andrew. So, what what's your legacy? You know, when when Andrew, it's been great meeting you. Blah 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 blah. Now tell me, my friend, when you take those last breaths and you look back on it, what's your legacy? What do you want to have been known for? What did you stand for? What did you stand against, Andrew? Tell me what your legacy will be.
1: I would just like to have a positive impact on the people around me. If I enhance the lives of others or if I enhance the life of even one other person and they feel like they've gotten more out of whether it's their career, their direction, their business, um, if I can have that one impact, I will die a happy man. And I just want to, I mean, that's
0: beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. The simplicity, for me, listeners, simplicity has power, has real power. And I just want to say... Well, what can I
1: say, Paul? I'm a poet. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely.
0: laughs> and I think on that note, I kind of just want to... I've shared this before on other episodes, but it's very relevant to what you've just said, Andrew. So I'd like to share it again. And its uh, I think this, this kind of story is out there um with relating yet again to one of your fellow Am- americans oprah winfrey and, uh, and her mentor maya angelo who's, who's since mm-hmm. passed and oprah went to to maya the one day and she was really excited about all these uh, new schools she was setting up in africa for for abused girls and giving them a great start in life and she said maya maya This is the greatest legacy ever, ever that, you know, and and Maya, the wise old sage that she was in a very calm and measured way. She said, Oprah, no, it's not your greatest legacy. Yeah, but it is. Look, look, this is we're going to do this. And she said, you don't know what your greatest legacy is. Your legacy is that stranger you smiled at this morning, that old person that you carried the shopping bag to the, the car or the bus stop or whatever that's your legacy you'll probably never ever get to see it and isn't there a lot of truth in that Andrew
1: oh my gosh that is that is fantastic yeah you can't put it better than that I mean because really we like to focus on these big picture things and we really like to worry about you know creating that but it really in the end it is those little things it's the interactions that we have with those around us and the impact we have on somebody just from a small thing, helping somebody cross the street. Like you said, carrying a grocery bag.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. On that point, you know, listeners, I want to thank Andrew. Andrew, thank you immensely for not just this episode, but the previous two episodes around the podcasting and the marketing and, you know, maximizing messages there. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute delight to have had these conversations, shared these insights. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you, Paul. It's been a pleasure getting to know you and I'm sure this won't be our last conversation. Thank you and again that, for having me on.
0: And on that harmonious note, listeners, all that remains now is to, is for me to sign off by saying, as I always do, remember, the world's changing